0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Before we get started with this week's edition of Bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about Draft. Draft Draft.com is one of the coolest new ways to play fantasy sports. You, You... Get to draft against you know three, five, ten man competitions. There's new drafts starting every five minutes. Your chances of winning on Draft are over 80% better than on salary cap sites. That's why you need to try Draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than one million people have already downloaded Draft. You can play in real life NBA, NFL. They have NHL, PGA is a great one. They have MLB. They have them all. It keeps getting better, better and better. Drafts usually finish in under five minutes. You get paid the next day the event finishes. But they're fi- and they're filling fast. Every second drafts are filling. They have them up until your games begin. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit and you have to use the promo code SD Sports. All one word, SD Sports. That's right. Play in a real money draft for free by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering a money-back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code SDSports. Void or prohibited, must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now to this week's edition of Benched with Bubba. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 65, continuing our fantasy baseball discussion uh, this week, joined by a special guest. Uh, you can find him at com. He's on Twitter at Front
2: Office Jer. Jeremy, how are we doing? I'm doing great, man. This is uh, quite the quite the joy to get onto another pod and kind of cross-promote and share the fantasy baseball love that we all got.
1: Yeah, and um, many of you, if you listened to me when we had Keith on last season, and I said, go check out this podcast. I think you guys were like on episode four or five at the time. I said, guys, they know what they're talking about. It's really good stuff. Go check them out. So You might know the voice if you listen to me then, but uh, Jeremy is a part of that podcast. Really good stuff they have coming out over there, and they're getting video features, all kinds of cool stuff going on, so please check out what they got. Really really good thing they have going over there.
2: Awesome. Thank you, man.
1: No, no problem at all. I, uh, the, the beauty that I know a lot of people talk about, um, we'll, we'll talk about Justin Mason in a little bit, but he's kind of like the spirit animal of us kind of lower, lower. <laughs> much. He's like the spirit of us, like lower fantasy people that aren't, you know, the big wigs of the world that we're all very friendly. We all get along. We all want to help each other out. And literally we all listen to each other's stuff. We're like, so go check them out when we're saying it. We're not just BSing everybody here.
2: So, um, right. The best thing you can do is not only just listen to one. If you got a favorite, just kind of listen to a variety. You'll get, kind of the conglomerate, the the aggregate ideas from everybody and formulate your own strategy to go about things.
1: That's exactly. the best way to go about it. A hundred percent. And and the other part is we're all willing to talk about stuff. So if you guys have questions, hit, you, hit us willing. up. We're, we'll all talk to you about it. It's so like if you listen to it and then, you know, between four or five pods, you still have a question, hit us up. We have no problem with that. Hit us all <laughs> up with the same question. I mean, go yeah, for it. Put us on the same tweet thread. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a blast. And that kind of leads us perfectly into the, the first part of our podcast. And we're going to talk draft strategies as, you know, it's we're almost into February already, which is crazy. Pitchers and catchers are reporting in a few weeks. So, you know, all the quote-unquote experts, they're, they've been drafting since, you know, no, Arizona they've falling.
2: Been, they've been mock drafting <laughs> forever
1: yeah, like mock out with your whatever. It's been crazy. But um, I, I've been in a few of those, and it's been nice. But I, I want to get my feet wet. I, I'm sure RotoWare is going to
2: have that on a T-shirt soon. They, The fact they haven't,
1: let's just sidetrack, because they are a sponsor of the podcast. They will be dropped in here later. Um, it is amazing. That shirt has not been made yet, because there's a million ways. Maybe they're trying to figure out the proper way to go about it. <laughs>
2: like, really. I, I think but, I've got it. I,
1: I may have to mock one up and send it to them. Yes, and I, I think I think between the two of us, we have the rights to have one sent our direction for this 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 group think project. Right, <laughs> just just co sponsor us, RotoWare. Yes, we got it, we got it. But let's start with just the basics, and we'll kind of go into deeper philosophy on drafting. First off, I, I like to ask a lot of guests, especially first timers on the pod, do you prefer a head-to-head, a Roto, a points league? There's so many different angles to take in fantasy baseball these days. What do you prefer?
2: I really haven't done much head-to-head in baseball. Um, I'm totally a Roto guy, Roto points combination. Um, I did the head-to-head stuff back in uh, shortly after high school with fantasy football and just kind of just faded away, just let fantasy football go. Fantasy baseball, though, we've got, I, I had a group of five to 10 guys that we were all in high school together. And we kept playing for three or four years after. And then that league just kind of died away, went the way of the Dodo bird as everybody got busy. So all of a sudden Keith and I met up five, six years ago and we started putting together uh, a pretty good cluster in our home league. And it's, it's definitely, I'm a fan of the Roto just because it allows you to play around with things and really just insert your own strategy. Um, We're going to get really nerdy into the strategy stuff here soon, but yeah, Roto.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm 100% Roto. I've done head-to-head in football still because that really hasn't... The Roto factor in football is slowly getting there, but it hasn't really adapted completely. But when it comes to baseball, as a purist and a a statty, nerdy fan of it, it gives you the purest form of an actual baseball season. Uh, Everyone goes through slumps in baseball. Your fancy baseball team should not be penalized because your slumps happened in certain weeks and you lost, and now you're – even though you have the best team, you're not there. I, I, I hate that. I've always hated that. And Roto fixes that, in my opinion.
2: Right. So, Roto is, is to a marathon as uh, head to head arch sprints. Like baseball is exactly. always meant to be a marathon. It's 162 games. Whatever happens, happens. Let the chips lay where they fall. And that's where Roto yes, really
1: the, escalates. Exactly. there's highs, there's lows, there's lots to enjoy about it, but you need to be able to enjoy it all to find your final product. Basically. It's what I'm looking at it. That's what that comes out to. And, you know, with all these leagues, there's NL, there's AL only, those kind of formats, there's mixed leagues. Most of us, most average to beginners will stay in the mixed leagues. I really have never dabbled in an NL or AL only. I've been really close to, to doing it. <laughs> I've never done
2: it. Like <laughs> I, 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 I saw somebody to. on Twitter today offering an NL only team that they were in control of, but I've never dabbled. I I haven't wanted to yeah. yet.
1: Yeah, it's getting so close to really wanting to because the the more we do what we do, I guess is my, I guess, third year really going hard into this. I've played fantasy baseball for years, but this is my third year really like digging deep all the time, figuring it out that the more through, I guess maybe DFS has been big for me in figuring that kind of stuff out. You learn so many intricacies now in NLA only isn't that intimidating where you know, from the, the front end of things, that can be very, very intimidating when you're drafting guys that are, like, the fourth outfielder on teams because they might get <laughs> right <laughs> 75% of the at-bats. Like, you have to realize that's a that's an option.
2: <laughs> oh, you mean Domingo um, Santana this year for uh, for Milwaukee? What a depressing thing <laughs> that is. That
1: that guy, I was literally in the mock drafts. Like, no, not depressing what the Brewers have done. I am ecstatic for what the Brewers have done. Depressing for Domingo and Santana because I was big on him coming into the year. And the one thing I saw today sidetrack, they're talking about playing Ryan Braun more often at first base than the outfield.
0: Um, They're going to try to get him.
2: Yeah. yeah. They're going to try to get him some at bats at first base, which means Eric Thames is probably not going to get as many at bats because he tailed off towards the end of the year. So they're thinking maybe some sort of rotation is going to keep everyone healthier, stronger throughout the marathon. That is baseball.
1: Yep, yep, that's exactly right. Um, Either so, that
2: or they'll trade Santana here in a week. <laughs> and that
1: that's a definite possibility because the Brewers still need pitching, and that's a big piece that could give it to oh, you. Yeah. So, So Definitely an option. When you're playing these leagues, you look at a lot of expert leagues, they like to do two catchers. I'm a one catcher guy. What do you prefer?
2: One catcher. If you're in a two catcher league, we've said this on our show the last two episodes. It was on your pod last week, actually. Yeah, the last two episodes <laughs> we've been repeating this. Quit abusing yourself. Go to a one catcher league. There's only um, 16 ish catchers that could play the majority of the at-bats, get 400 plate appearances. And yeah, it's, it's rough out there. So stick to a one catcher league.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. The way I look at it, if you equate to football, It'd be like saying, I'm playing in a league where I take a kicker and a punter.
2: <laughs> um,
1: so, like, let, let's figure yeah, this kind out. Of,
2: the kicker may yeah. get injured, and then the punter's going to come in and do the kicking. So... Exactly. Maybe. And you know how tilting that
1: could be. So, I, I don't yeah. want anything to do with two catcher leagues. It's so just beyond what I want to
2: do. Now, now, I don't want to bury the lead too much, but there is such thing as a handcuff. So, yes, we'll get man. into this as we uh-huh. cover our catchers. So...
1: Yeah, there are a couple of really nice ones that revolve in southern part of the United States that I'd like to talk about later. <laughs> um, what, what leagues, um, like format-wise, do you look to go pitching early? And it could be, you know, Roto head-to-head. You said you're mainly Roto guy. Would it be maybe more expert than just home
2: leagues? Like, do you prefer to go p- – or do you not do pitching early at all? Um, I'm kind of torn on it because uh, – in this latest draft that we did, like we started a listener league and it's 16 teams deep. This is the deepest league that I've ever been a part of. And I had to take different strategies in regards to pitching because in the early rounds, you know, those are where your, your top tier aces, your tier one, tier two, tier three aces are. And you got to get at least one of those guys. So, Then you have to figure in, okay, am I going to fill in my infield, my outfield, my pitching staff, my closer situation? Um, Deeper leagues, you're going to want to go in earlier on pitching. Um, uh, Like we have a, uh, let's see, a requirement or a maximum starts in our league. And that's at 225 for the season. And so around seven and a half to eight pitchers, if they all get about 160 innings, 170 innings a piece, that'll put you at 225. So do you want third, fourth, fifth starters filling your rotation, or do you want some second and third starters? And it, it really just varies on how the makeup of your roster really wants to shake out
1: no that makes a ton of sense because i used to never be a pitcher early guy and i've slowly started going there the way you look at the drop-offs and the tiers that lately and it makes a big drop-off on your overall roster the way i look at it um do you prefer daily move
2: leagues or weekly leagues i prefer daily okay I that makes a big difference in, in taking pitch yeah well and, and it does make a huge difference in that and also once you get to the thinner positions. Yeah. Because if you've got guys that are rotations or handcuffs, you want those daily leagues. Yeah. Because to have a guy in there that you're like, well, is he going to get three starts this week or is he going to get four? Uh, I don't know. And then you're locked in for the week sure. and it's a week. He gets two starts yeah. or three.
1: And those so, multi-positional guys can become much more handy. Yes, they do. Big time. Big time. Um, like Hernan Perez becomes gold in a league like that. Um,
2: right. And the 10-day DL also plays a factor.
1: Yeah, and well, we didn't <laughs> put that on the list. That could be a whole like podcast <laughs> in itself. What we learned last year on the 10-day 10, ten day DL by itself Dodgers. is so tilting. Yes. I already hate the Dodgers as it is as a Giants fan. I know you're in the D-backs realm of things. Um, oh, yeah. We hate the Dodgers. Yes. What they did last year. It makes me not want to own anybody outside of Clayton Kershaw. And I don't want Kershaw anyways because of his back issues. Yeah. That's a whole other story. Like, I don't want to own a Dodgers pitcher. I don't. (laughs) It's just ridiculous.
2: Right. Their Um, rotation was about, what, seven, eight guys deep? At least. That might be generous. Like, (laughs) the Angels Angels are talking a legitimate six-man rotation. But that's because they're making so many concessions for Otani. Like, he's going to pitch one day a week and then bat for the next three days. And then he'll be off, throw his bullpen, or throw his bullpen, be off, and then start again. So you got to factor all that in when you're taking pitching. Definitely. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, When you're looking at roto leagues uh, specifically, you know, there's the talk that you can make over the last so many years, this number was the number you need to finish, like in the top three or top four in each category. Do you personally make like a list as you're going, or are you just kind of draft with kind of the subconscious knowing, okay, I got this covered, this covered, this covered.
2: You know, I, I've kind of gone in blind quite a few times to these drafts, um, and just kind of went through and said, Ooh, I'm going to take the best guy available at this position, that position, or took way too much time going through and organizing players and ranking them going through the top 300 guys saying, "Ooh, I like this guy over that guy over that guy over that guy." And honestly, I went through this time and said, "Okay, I need uh looking at my my 10 team league, I broke down here's where we needed 1900 runs in order to be near the top uh 300 to 350 home runs to win that stolen bases if i get around 200 i should be good and at least figure out where my competitive ranks in all of these categories are just to put me in the best position and then i went through and chose guys that would get me a balanced enough lineup to hit within those ranges
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense um you just mentioned you have a keeper league and a regular league. What kind of strategies do you take differently in a keeper league, especially, say, a first-year keeper league than you would? Are you prospect-heavy? Do you look more to win now? What do you look at when you're when you're playing?
2: I honestly go for the win, uh, or at least to be competitive and try to be – Granted, the first year you want to either win or be middle of the pack. That way you know what you have. And if you're in it towards the trade deadline, much like the major leagues, you make some moves, you sacrifice the future to win now, and you kind of do the wheeling and dealing thing. Or you pick up some prospects, sell off some of the heavier assets that you wouldn't be able to keep anyway. And try to prep for the next year. Um, We had in that keeper league, we had a guy that dropped out like a couple hours before the draft. And so we found a replacement. He came in, decimated the team, went through the whole draft, didn't like the team at all, sold off everything except prospects. And granted, his score was ugly all year. But he was fine with it because he knew the the Lewis Brinson's, the Acuna's, these heavier prospects were going to get him there quicker than trying to go with, like, the Miggies and these higher-end guys that were on the verge of collapse. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. I like the part that you mentioned. <laughs> At least be middle of the pack or better so you know what you have because there's so many people... Um, You probably paid attention a bit to the RDI draft that just took place. I talked to Ryan Bloomfield a couple episodes ago. He was in the pod. There were guys literally playing for like four seasons from now, their whole draft. Like the first 20-something picks were all prospects. Yeah. I couldn't couldn't (laughs) sleep at night doing that. I I really couldn't. I'm here to play and win. Obviously, you want to build for the future at the same time, but there's ways to do that without – completely sacrificing everything because my biggest thing also is prospects are prospects that you prove me. Otherwise um, they oh, might yeah. be great, but what's to say that, you know, they get hurt and all of a sudden they're not going to play again. Or, you know, they come up and they're a mediocre player. They're not a pro- like a stud. you like, there's a lot that can go wrong. A lot.
2: So. <laughs> Way too much. And it's too risky. I mean, it's yeah. just like the um, major league teams are saying, Hey, these prospects are done. prospects uh, until you show me different.
1: Mm-hmm. yep, give me one of these proven commodities. I'll give you a couple of my big guys that everyone you know salivates over, and let's see how it works out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, makes make total sense. Um, some of these early drafts you're doing or, or, or watching or whatever, uh, what are some of the early trends you're seeing that that surprise you, don't surprise you? What are some of the things that stand out the most to you?
2: Um, Mostly what I've seen in our, at least in our draft, was... Catchers falling drastically. Like the catchers were slow to come off the board. They went in rounds two, four, six, eight, eleven, 11. And then from like 14 to 20, you had about 10 of them come off the board. And it's guys like Salvador Perez that are falling to the 11th round in a 16 team league. And just catching isn't a high priority for a lot of people. Granted, this may have been a little mm, podcast bias because they are our listeners. And we just put out the episode trashing the catching position, but I've, I've been seeing them dropping a lot more elsewhere. Granted, I just looked at the NFBC uh, ADP for catching and I'm shocked by some of them and, yeah, it was just crazy that
1: uh, that high. Yeah, they're, they're definitely – it's mixed bags, as you can say, across the board. Um, you know, you mentioned catchers. We mentioned pitchers, starting pitchers. What's your opinion? Like, home runs are the thing these days. Like, it seems most guys can get 20-plus homers, at least 15.
2: Um, uh, they're a dime a dozen right so-
1: now. Yeah, but stolen bases are a lot tougher. Do you do you wait that when you're drafting, or do you do you try to get a bunch of you know 15 stolen base guys, or do you go big
2: early? I actually in this draft I wanted to balance my home runs with my stolen bases. I went in and I said, okay, if I'm going to take a guy, he's got to be able to steal 10 to 15 bases to at least keep me competitive, and potentially. I mean, through the combination of them, put me put me up there. So, like, I was on the draft board, and I took Goldie first, because the only guy that's going to steal more bases at first base is Will Myers. Mm-hmm. And he may be moving to the outfield this year, so it's not even... I mean, he's eligible for first base, so he'll be a first baseman. But then you start going through, and you figure I picked up Domingo Santana. It's like, he's got home run potential. He can also steal 15, 20 bases with Merrifield kind of out of nowhere with the power, but he'll steal you 35 bases, hit you 15 to 20 home runs and kind of <laughs> off offset some things. Like if I took an Adrian Beltre, I also had to take somebody that was heavy on stolen bases. So I took an Adrian Beltre and then I took, uh, Delino to De shields in order to offset that. And so my, I averaged out the projections on my roster and I'm projected at like 18 home runs and 15 stolen bases is the average player. No, so
1: that makes a lot of I'm, sense. I'm feeling
2: really sense. good with that, at least to keep me competitive in that league. Yeah.
1: No, that makes a ton of sense. You, you like, um, I heard it from Rob Silver on a podcast with Mason the other day is, he said it best, and you never really think about it this way, is go for a lot of, like, if you, if you rate, like, the stars as home runs and the, the the gambles as singles, go for a lot of doubles players because you, you, if you gamble on too many guys, singles aren't going to win you anything. Uh, no. Trust me, I'm a Giants fan. I understand how this works. <laughs> um, singles don't win anything. Uh, so it made a lot of sense. If you can balance out more, and, like, you just talked about doing it well rounds your team a lot more. So when guys have hiccups, there's other guys picking up the slack. So there's a lot to be said about that. Um, one last draft question and we'll go to the outstanding catcher's position. Um, what's your type of draft prep? There's guys that make their own rankings. There's guys that use rankings. There's guys that use tiers, make their own tiers. I'm assuming you make a lot of your own rankings, but like, how do you go into a draft? What's your kind of, what do you do ahead of a draft to be ready to, to knock
2: it out of the park? So I'm going to kind of tee this up with a little comparison here. Did you see The Last Jedi? Of course. I'm a big Star Wars fan, yes. All right. Okay. You can geek out with me. So were you disappointed by it?
1: Okay. I was not. I was disappointed by certain factors of it, but I still thought it was a great movie. Maybe okay. long.
2: Maybe some, something Same here. still different. Same here. I, I got it. I got another one of my buddies blowing up my Twitter literally right before the show started, and he hasn't stopped uh, sending me messages about the movie we were discussing. Pe- people need to realize this is not the old Star Wars.
1: They are starting a whole new thing. You have to, they have to to get past that part. Some people can't.
2: <laughs> so essentially what happened was experience these guys are having with Iron Man 3. Because when Iron Man <laughs> 3 came out, there were leaks. It was like, oh, we're going to get the extremist theme and that storyline – And at the time, there was a a motion comic of extremists out there. And it was like, ooh, this is kind of dark. This is interesting. And I thought the movie was going to be more like this comic. My first viewing, I hated the movie. Then I reset my mindset, went back in with fresh eyes and said, hey, I know how this plays out. Let me see how this if it plays out as a better movie than it does contradicting my own movie in my head. And that was the same thing with the last Jedi. So going into drafts, I already had this mindset. Like I've gone in blind before and I've been sorely disappointed with the outcomes. Like you go in thinking, Ooh, I ranked all these players and then they're all taken before I can even get there. And so you're, you're sitting there thinking, ooh, I'm going to get Goldschmidt, and you end up with Will Myers or somebody, Eric Hosmer. He's good, but not on the same level. So going into this 16-team draft, I was totally unprepared for it in the sense that I'd never done one this deep. 10, 10 team was as deep as I'd gotten before. And it was, those drafts are always fun because there's always an abundance of players. No matter how deep. (laughs) Yeah. It's a huge step. Oh boy. Uh, So I went through and I took each of my draft picks and marked them out. um, This pick at, I had pick number three. I had pick number 26 and just outlined where my picks fell. Then I went into the ADP and started going through. And I'm like, at pick three, I'm going Goldschmidt. That's number three. There's nobody else. If anybody picks Goldschmidt ahead of me, I have either Altuve or Mike Trout falling to me. Shucks. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like I, I went through and I started clustering my picks. I started detailing out. These are the five or six guys at this position that should be available. And I did that through pick 400. And so I've got this draft sheet that's got all these guys' names clustered up. And that way, if somebody fell to me that wasn't on my list, I can select them or stick to my plan. It's like, if the guy fell to me and it was an upgrade over who I had planned, I'll take the upgrade. And so I knew how the draft was going to plan out, play out in my mind. And that way, if there were changes to it, things that were not in my plan, they were always to the positive. Somebody fell that shouldn't have been there. And that's why I got him.
1: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense you. You're more the ADP type because there's there's always the type that's like it's rankings, there's tiers, there's ADP. I, I, I'm a fan of ADP. I, I, I kind of rotate back and forth between ADP and tiers because to me, ADP, like you said, basically what you're saying is it gives you kind of that stable footing that this is what I should be having here.
2: And right. These are I the guys helped, that should I, be I, available.
1: Right. Exactly. Barring something crazy, now I can bob and weave if I have to. But this is what I should have. And I should be happy with this because this is my draft slot. I can't control anything outside of that. So, um, no, that's a great philosophy to look at. It really is. you take this brief break from Bench with Bubba to talk to you about Rotowear. It's one of the best quality shirts in the industry. When I mean industry, all the clothing industry, the fantasy sports industry, because people are rocking it. They're loving it. You're seeing it in a lot of big outlets now. The no-other-brand can compete with roto in terms of quality. They're premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts. They specialize with a special, special printing process. The design is part of the shirt. Literally, it is, it is dyed and bleached into the fabric. No thick ink. If you use the promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, you get 20% off your order. Again, promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S. Check their site out. Check them Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're always giving away free shirts. And then when you go to purchase the ones you want for you, your loved ones, your friends, your family, whatever, use promo code DGENS D-E-G-E-N-S for 20% off your order. Now back to this week's episode of Bench with Bubba. Let's move. We're gonna do positional rankings. The next few episodes coming up. We're gonna start with the catcher's position. I apologize. I was just the first position, and that's how it works. But um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't by choice. But um, you already kind of said it. It's, it's nothing fancy. Like you have your your high end guys. And then there's a couple, you know, pretty good guys, and there's just a bunch of do I have to? <laughs> and <laughs> now, uh, that's the way now I let me
2: preface it. this: like we had in the ten team league. Uh, catching shouldn't be a shortage there, ever no. in a ten-team league. Like there are ten playable catchers, get the best one available, and and move on. Keith in our league, he he rostered uh, Travis Darnold all season long, kept him in the starting lineup all season long, even though he was injured for a good third or half. Because wow, there was no upgrade. Like, really, like if he was playing, he was better than whoever you were going to pick up off the scrap heap. And then when he was hurt, and, he's not hurting you.
1: True. That's, <laughs> a, that's actually a very, like, as weird as that sounds to many, that is actually a very smart way to play that. Because a lot of people, for any position, but you can find other positions, replacements most of the time. But for the catcher, which is so bleak like this, um, why hurt yourself if you don't have to? It's kind of like say you lose a closer and there's no other closers on the list, or, or the closers that are there, is like Fernando Rodney, or a couple of guys. Go get a setup man that's going to, you know, might not get you saves, but his ratios are great and he's going to strike out a ton of guys. Right. Um, Keep somebody but yeah, that's kinda, look, look outside the box. Don't look for like the home run stats. You're not going to find that somewhere at catcher. But look at the other things. Are they going to help you or hurt you?
2: So all right, yeah. where where do you sit with your number one catcher?
1: My number one, to me, is pretty simple. It's Gary Sanchez.
2: Uh, what about you? Uh, that's that's the no-brainer. I mean, that yeah. lineup he is in is going to provide him opportunities, no matter where he bats, to provide runs, RBI, home run. He's going to see more pitches than Aaron Judge or Stanton. Agreed. Now, the, now the fun part is, is the next – like I'd say, the next two guys because
1: pretty much anywhere you look, they can be rotated around. Do you yeah. believe all the Do you believe all the Twitter hype? Uh, Does Wilson Contreras is he the best or is it Buster Posey still? Uh,
2: Contreras has the best upside between him and Posey. Posey has gotten better. He's a better option this week with the McCutcheon and Longo added to the lineup. Whether he bats second, third, fourth. There's going to be better options there for him, but I, dependent on your league, Wilson Contreras may be the best option there for you at number two.
1: Yeah, I I have Contreras, two, Posey, three. I think the upside with Contreras is tremendous. I don't think we've even cracked the surface. If If you look at last year, he got hurt, and we missed a chunk of his season, and his numbers are still very, very good. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the part with Posey, and as a Giants fan, I love Posey, he's going to hit for a tremendous average. An average you're not going to get at the catcher's position, period. Not going to get it. So if you're hurting on your team with your early picks on average, well, Posey's a great fit in there. But to me, you're taking them too early for what you're passing up in the draft. Contreras at least gives you the other counting stats that Posey might not. Not to say Posey can't.
2: It's just not as likely. Right. And Contreras is only, what, 24? Twenty five? Yeah, he's Mac. He's still he's still finding his wheelhouse. He's twenty-five. He'll turn twenty-six this May.
1: Yeah.
2: And there's a lot so, to like there. Definitely. But, but after like the Contreras and the posies,
1: you can look at rankings and, and you can't really argue to my extent of a lot of the options you have there. Give me like your next give me the rest, just a screw it. Give me like the rest of your top 10. I'll give you my top 10. Let me just talk some catchers for a little bit. All
2: right. So here is my caveat because I have Posey three currently. Yes. He would be deposed to number four. If real Muto ends up going to the nationals as was ru- rumored. Because if tar- real argue. Muto goes to nationals, that's a much better lineup, more opportunities. He's going to get pitches to hit. Whereas the only protection he has in the Marlins lineup is Justin Bohr, and not much help there. Yeah. So it's a three, four. It's pretty tight. Yeah. Salvador Perez at five. Yeah. I don't know how Evan gas is still a catcher eligible, but yeah. he is for the offensive production. The on-base percentage, he's got to sit there at six. Seven is Yadi Molina. Just consistent. I picked him up halfway through the season because he was stealing bases. It's crazy. What he's doing is crazy for his age. I mean, I mean, he stole nine bases for a catcher. I think he led all catchers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and most yeah, of was, those were in the second character. half. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you. Here's where it kind of gets a little convoluted because I see – Zunino and Wellington Castillo, both sitting at eight and nine. It's close. It's a coin toss dependent on your league. If you're looking an average league or an on-base percentage league, um, if strikeouts count against you, it really depends on how your league is made up. And then my, my number 10, I put Austin Barnes at number 10 because he's supposed to get the majority of at-bats this year. Um, They're hoping for 400 plate appearances for him, which if he continues on the pace he's on, he's going to probably be up my sixth or seventh catcher next year. Yeah. At the same time, I got into a little bit of a Twitter spat today with... uh, Serious XM radio fantasy. Saw that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they were trying to put out Jonathan Lou Croix's numbers. And I was like, well, is this the new norm? Like last year he had six home runs.
1: Like exactly.
2: Yeah. His on base percentage was okay. But at the same time, you can get Russell Martin 200 picks later. That gets you on base percentage. Like, and they we, we were having this little discussion and I kept breaking it down for him. I'm like, guys, his average launch angle dropped five degrees. Mm-hmm. He's hitting ground balls at twice the pace. Like, and he was playing in Colorado of all places. Like this yeah, is the place where you play. uppercut. <laughs> yes. I could probably go yard there if I pop up enough times right, given given the right situations, we all could exactly. and and so, yes, him and Austin Barnes are sitting there 10 and 11 for me just because if he makes a correction, he can jump back up and prove that that was a fluke that Texas was just his downfall, that he had terrible hundred and twenty four games there, and he's back healthy whatever. After that, I would be looking – if you miss out on all those guys, those top 11, there is a handcuff you definitely need to be looking into. You need to be looking into the Braves. You need yep. to be looking into Tyler Flowers and Kurt Suzuki. Yep. Most of the time, you can pick them up in the after pick 300. And if you pick up one, you're probably going to be able to pick up the next on your next pick um todd did that in our league in our listener league back-to-back picks picked up the handcuff those guys combined are a top five catcher
1: yeah it's phenomenal the stats they put together now would you be willing to do that with barnes and grendel uh
2: you know i would say yeah i mean if you yeah. pick up barnes you may as well pick up grendel because Grandall is going to keep falling I think Grandall lasted until yeah. 350, 360. And so right he's, he's going to be there. Right now he's going about
1: 221 in the NFBC. So yeah, he's going to be there. So he can get flowers couple... at 305. Suzuki at 343 right. in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy.
2: <laughs> there are some other catchers to kind of keep on the watch list in the later rounds. Mostly because they're younger guys. Robinson Chirinos. Yeah. A young guy. I love he love the majority of at-bats he may not um Francisco Mejia hopefully Cleveland kind of gives him some uh at-bats there Travis Darno is always kind of is he gonna be healthy he's an intriguing option and the other one was Chance Sisko
1: Okay, hey, what are your thoughts on him? Because I've talked to some uh, prospect guys, and it's very mixed on Chance Cisco.
2: It, that's all I'm hearing is it's very mixed. There is upside, but there's also a, a floor that is pretty low. Yeah, so that's it's what I've heard. I I don't know where to go. But if that's where you're at with catchers, I mean you're looking at Chance Cisco, Chris Iannetta, Matt Weeters.
1: Well, what about what about this platoon? We already mentioned the Braves. We mentioned the Dodgers. Milwaukee, you can get Steven Vogt at around three forty-seven, and you can get uh, Manny Pena about three sixty-three.
2: You know, at I at, don't hate that. No, <laughs> no, I don't hate it either. But pretty much once you get past fifteenth or sixteenth ranked catcher, I'd be looking for handcuffs. Handcuff everybody.
1: Um. um one, one of the names that you did not mention, and he's high on my list, and I know I'm higher than many. Uh, he's currently going 171 in the NFBC. I, I went on a limb, and people can scold me for it if they want, but I have him as my number four catcher. And I just oh. think the upside, I think he's tremendous upside, but I could also realize that come August I'll be repenting to everyone. Um, <laughs> I am huge on Wilson Ramos. I I think when he came came back healthy and he was really big and a lot of people that just look at last season's stats aren't going to see him because he didn't play that much.
2: Right. He is an intriguing option to pick up later on. Uh, He was pretty decent with the Nationals when he was healthy. Yes, exactly. And it seems like he's finally back to being a healthy, productive player and hopefully there's enough in that lineup there in Tampa Bay to keep him... Protected. That's a big and question. And give him pitches, right?
1: Big question. Um, what about a youngster like Jorge Alfaro in Philadelphia? The, the the prospect people love him. He was okay last year when he in a short period. He wasn't great, but he's okay. Um, if you look at uh, the geniuses at Fangraphs, they seem to be somewhat high on him. Uh, I had it right here. They have him. Oh, this is great radio. I just totally blew this. Had it right here. Where did it go? Maybe they didn't the as I thought. I don't have here, but I have him ranked like inside my round 15th for me. What are you thinking about Faro?
2: I have no idea. Um, I he's not even on my radar. He he's not that, cracked that at my prospect good. list at all right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um so
1: our top tens for the most part, they all line up outside of the Wilson Ramos, which I know is way outside the box. I think a guy you mentioned in your top 10 that can be an extremely great sleeper, but I don't know if the sleeper tag will be there come mid-March because they're already starting to talk about him. I'm big on the – he was already great in Baltimore, but full-time in Chicago, Wellington Castillo, I think, could be outstanding. And you're going to get him at a great draft spot. Um, He's going around 180. I think that's a, a big pick right there.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we had some experience with beef mode out here in uh, Arizona for a year. And, well, a little little more than a year. But, yeah, I mean, he's a great offensive catcher. Which, that's all we're looking for here that's in fantasy. All we, that's all we care about. <laughs> that's all we care about. Um, so, uh, he's definitely an option. And he did make a lot more contact this year. And a much higher Babbitt going in. And now he's the everyday catcher in Chicago. Like that's that's a solid uh, nucleus there.
1: Yeah, solid nucleus. Good part to hit in. Uh, a lot to a lot to like there with um, with Beef Wellington. A name that had surprised me early on here. That that's points because you get him super cheap. But when it comes to you know fantasy, was never really on my radar. Tell me if I'm
2: missing something. Blake Swihart. A highly touted prospect in Boston. Yeah. I I, I don't know. He, yeah, I feel, nothing he has, has wowed, wowed me. I can't yeah. figure it out. It's, granted, he's a younger guy, so it's, it's possible that we give him another one, two years. He may be one of the top ten catchers. But it's... Another name... It's getting through that growing process for a lot of these catchers.
1: Yeah, and another name like that would be like uh, Tucker Barnhart. Any uh, any
2: feels on him? I actually picked him up. Like uh-huh. I I I drafted Yachty, and I also know. I mean, I know Yachty's a workhorse. Like he's going to go out there whether he's hurt or not. And I wanted a backup. Like with my balanced team, I wanted depth at certain positions as well in case somebody was having an off year move them around but tucker barnhart was the guy i picked up kind of targeting as my backup i don't mind at all at at that late in the draft definitely definitely an
1: option yeah as a
2: backup that's tremendous i don't i don't mind him at all as a backup i think it's a really good backup and granted as a starter not too bad in a deeper league he's got on base percentage he's got home run potential and he's hitting in that that little band box there in cincinnati so i mean a couple couple good fly balls go his way maybe looking at a 20 home run season
1: you you, you just mentioned obp sidetrack Real quick, do you prefer OBP leagues now over batting average? Because that's the kind of the way of the future, it seems.
2: Yeah, everybody's kind of transitioned. The last few different leagues that I've joined up, they've all been OBP. Um, mostly because okay. average can fluctuate. There's so much that can go into that. But on-base percentage is a little more telling in what how productive a guy can be. Like It includes their walks, their hit-by-pitches, everything that includes... That encompasses getting on base, yeah. and so you uh, can have a guy that hits, like a Joey Gallo, that hits what two twenty, yeah, two fifteen, but as an on base percentage of three fifty.
1: Yeah, And that's tremendous with that power. My goodness, you can really enjoy that. Um, right. Back to the catcher's position. Out of say, it doesn't have to be your top ten, I guess, but some of the, the higher end. You know, that you know are going to be taken in most, say, 12-team drafts or so. What are a couple names you want nothing to do with? Matt Weeders.
2: Also, still Jonathan Lucroy.
1: Yeah, Lucroy I can get behind. How is everyone I, still all in on Matt Wieters, though?
2: I, I don't know. I think it's just name recognition. Him and Lucroy, they both kind of had some peak years, and then things have just not gone their way whether injury or bad luck or change in their swing. It's just not been the same. Yeah, I can see that. Um,
1: What are some sleeper guys you're looking at? We kind of already mentioned them. Maybe just touch on them again real quick by names or whatever, that if you don't get kind of your top end guys, you're going this direction.
2: Uh, Somebody on the sleeper end would be Tom Murphy in Colorado. He was a big kind of prospect, heavy power Andy's he's hitting in Colorado. He came up last year, didn't hit very well, and then Colorado traded for Lucroy, And we all know what Lucroy did for him. little high on base and at-bats, uh, batting average, but nothing in the power department. So I, I see Murphy getting a lot more of the at-bats, and I totally spaced on him when we were going through our draft, and he fell through four or five rounds for me. And then somebody picked him and I'm like, that's, that's the guy. <laughs> well, I guess if you're going to space, space the catcher. There, there, there's,
1: it's not as bad. Oh as, yeah. As it oh yeah. Be. So that's not a bad thing. Um, I guess Alfaro kind of is a, a prospect chance. Cisco's a prospect. Are there any other prospects you're looking at that, you know, might have an impact this year, but maybe more so for Dynasty that you're kind of sleep, like Mejia's another one, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, you'd probably be looking the Mejias. Um, Austin Hedges may turn things around, like he has. Not a bad call. There. It's not a bad call. Um, but yeah, Alfaro, Swihart. Um, the intriguing one is Cameron Rupp, also in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't know deeply where he sits, but he will get the majority of at-bats this year. It's... Yeah, NFBC has some really crazy uh, ADP right now. Big time. They've They're got Luke they got Luke Roy going three. Whoa, out, of the, whoa, whoa. out of the catchers. Yeah. Well, not three overall, but three overall. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Third overall catcher. They got Posey gotcha. at one, Sanchez at two, Luke Roy Gotcha. Odd little combination yeah, here. That,
1: that's pretty wild. Um, one name I'm just curious of as an Arizona guy that you are, he's not going to really factor into any season-long leagues at all. But what is the situation with Chris Herman in Arizona? I just saw his name on the list here. I thought I'd ask you about it.
2: <sighs> yeah. Well, he's, he's a good glove first catcher. He had one breakout year. Where he got a lot of at-bats. Had some decent pop. And then just kind of lost his swing. And it's just one of those mysterious things where. If he were to regain it. He could get the majority of at-bats here in Arizona. And be a top 10 catcher. Like he's got the pop for it. But it's just finding that zone again in his swing so i i wouldn't be looking at any arizona catchers (laughs) being an arizona guy i don't really particularly like any one of them even in a handcuff situation had ianetta come back he would have been one that i would have looked to handcuff but nobody else at the moment right now yeah, he was really—he played really well there last year. All throughout different
1: spots of the lineup and everything. There's a lot to like about about him in Arizona, but now he's in Colorado, and he, he might—he might be a sneaky pick depending on what we find out with playing time. He Is
2: I would but, definitely it, you know, be looking to handcuff him and Murphy. Yeah, if you can get both with, of them, that would be a great handcuff. It's weird. The more we've talked about the catcher's
1: position, it's like the running backs of the NFL now. Get your handcuff. Oh yeah. Uh, it, and 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 let me preface: get the handcuffs if you're in a daily league. It defeats the purpose in a weekly league. You're already nah. screwed to begin with. Don't do that. Um, but if you're in a daily league, handcuff them. The, the best, as you already said, is that that Atlanta catching duo. Literally, like you said, I think you said top five catcher, and it was so true. They were amazing last year.
2: I think they had 31 um,
1: home runs. Man, their numbers were crazy, like ridiculous. Yeah. So There's a ton to like about that, but you're seeing that more and more outside of your Gary Sanchez, your Contreras, um, Posey, the top top end, Salvi Perez, those guys. Once you drop down 8, 9, 10 in the rankings, they're all going to be platooning for the most part uh, and you're going to get some good production, surprising production, we should say. So it's definitely an angle to work on. I might have to look a lot more into that. It could be really
2: interesting. Definitely in the deeper drafts, I would be Building up, uh, building up your handcuffs. Figure out which ones would be a good pair, and just ride it out. I mean, you can always right. get worse
1: at catcher. You can always get worse at catcher, like you said. You could be like Keith. You'd be like Keith and just play an injured Darnold all the time and not worry about it, which is actually. Don't tell him I said this, because he won't listen half genius <laughs> <laughs> but
2: well, granted um, the rest of his lineup was stacked yeah. so i mean he I mean, won the league using an injured darno all season but i mean he yeah, has pretty good he yeah. had the harpers the Goldschmidts, the just stacked team that offset the lack of catcher that helps that helps a
1: lot um One last question before we we head on home here. Not a catcher's question. I'll get away from the catcher's for you. Ooh. All right. We're going to talk Arizona Diamondbacks. It's one thing I like to do with my guests is give them a question or two on their team. have some fun with this. Outside, we already mentioned your catcher's position, which we don't want to touch in fantasy. And we know Goldschmidt is captain obvious. Yes, you play him. What are you looking at if you were to own some Diamondbacks players this year? What are we here to expect? You know, there's Granky, there's Robbie Ray. Those are kind of guys you definitely want. But Jake Lamb, who kind of is hit and miss. AJ Pollock, injury riddled. Ketel Marte, I absolutely love this year, get late at shortstop. So on and so forth. What are you looking Same at? Just, just briefly run through your team and give us kind of a Cliff Notes version of what are you looking at fantasy wise from the Arizona Diamondbacks?
2: Uh, l- let's start off with kind of your riskier picks. Like these are guys that you take possibly late in your drafts. Um, if you've got an outfield riddled with, uh, you you got a solid infield core, but you're kind of risky in your outfield. Uh, Yasmani Tomas is one that you might pick up depending on how late it's good chance. He'll be on the board super late. And he's a guy that's got 30 Homer potential. If he stays healthy, pretty decent on base percentage, not going to kill you. Um, Could hit for average, um, but there's not really a chance of trading him unless some AL team wants a DH kind of thing. Um, Peralta is high run category guy, uh, pretty decent on-base percentage for that. He'll pick you up probably 10, 15 home runs over the course of the year then you kind of get into the shortstop position. Kettle Marte is probably the one to go with. Uh, there's a good chance he's going to get the majority of starts there, unless some miraculous deal happens where Machado comes and plays shortstop for us. <laughs> Fingers can are crossed all dream. here. Can all dream. <laughs> right. Well, we keep, we keep dialing him up like an old girlfriend, like, Hey! <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> uh, Can I take you up, Come on. You go. Come on. You're, you're in a cave one of these days. So Kettle Marte <laughs> is the guy to own there. Chris Owings <laughs> would probably be your next best option there. He's pretty much eligible everywhere but first base, uh, catcher, and center field. So he'll see some time out in the outfield. He'll see some time at short, at second, maybe even fill in at third. But he's an all-around guy. He had decent pop last year. I don't know if the humidor is going to affect things. And if it does, Arizona batters, you may want to temper your expectations. You're probably looking probably a good five home run drop off most guys. Goldie, not so much. He's got, he's got the strength there. Jake Lamb's got pretty decent strength. So, uh, Humidor will supposedly go into effect this year. Okay. Uh, past that, you're looking uh Brandon Drury is maybe take a flyer on late, late in the draft. Um, he's eligible most, Most of the infield, maybe even some outfield play. Um, And he is one of the guys that's looking potentially to be traded. Like he's he's in a lot of the rumors, so he may see an uptick in playing time as well. And then from there, you're probably looking pitching wise. You got Patrick Corbin, Zach Godley. Godly is the one that you probably want to target once you get past your first and second tier pitchers. Um if you do the tiers, you're probably going to want him in the fifth or sixth round at latest. Um uh, Patrick Corbin is another guy that I picked up last year and he actually did pretty decent in the second half. Um I mean, he's not going to wow you with Robbie Ray numbers, but he'll also be consistent. Um, and there may be an uptick in potential. And if he is dealt, he may see may see some negative effects. So we'll, we'll have to play it by ear and see what all goes down. And there's a potential. J.D. Martinez may be back. That is we, a big potential. We keep we keep him on the horn, and Scott Boris is. Uh, there's rumors of contemplations of a one-year deal. That's what I'm thinking. Since he's not getting the seven-year, two hundred and ten million that that was paraded around, they're talking potentially a one-year, maybe twenty-five, twenty-eight million, and test the market next year. So last.
1: Last question. Um, who's your closer?
2: Archie. Archie, Archie, Archie. So if he's so. available, he's going to be going probably in your your second tier of the closers. Like, if like there's that. him, there's Brad Boxberger to also be watching for. Um, maybe handcuff them together because there's a good chance if you're in a, a saves plus hold you're you're bound to get a good number there um, also the new uh, the new reliever we just got from Japan who used to close I'm trying to remember his name
1: I forget his name but as
2: well but he, he was very good Hishiroi something like that it's a Japanese name you can't miss him on the Diamondbacks lineup <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so true so true well, it's going to be a fun year. I'm looking forward to Arizona. The NL the West is going to be a lot of fun this year, so the Giants actually might be productive for once this sucked. Um, but uh, Oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be competitive. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, everybody, go check out Jeremy on Twitter at Front Office Jer. Go to FanFrontOfficePodcast.com. Anything else you guys have coming up, Jeremy?
2: Uh, not really. We've got... Coming up this next week, we will have all the reactions on the Yellich deal, the Kane signing, and all that good stuff. We are looking at a few kind of special episodes, a uh, a mailbag episode where it's all the listener questions we'll go through and knock out a bunch of them. Keith's been doing some Ask Me Anythings over on Reddit. So lots of fun coming up. And then we are going to also be doing a a position by position breakdown uh, coming up once pitchers and catchers report. Uh, will the the hope is to go to two time a week shows. So we'll we'll see if that actually happens and if it pans out. But I look forward to it. definitely look forward to it.
1: Everybody go check them out. Find them at all the uh, the fun spots like I believe it, iTunes, SoundCloud,
2: Stitcher, TuneIn, all that good stuff, right? Pretty much wherever you get your podcast, you should be able to find us. If not tweet at us where you get your podcast and we'll see if we can get on there.
1: There you go. They're um, very friendly people. Trust me. They'll, uh, they'll talk to you. So feel free to ask them anything you need to do. And um, Jeremy, I appreciate it, man. It's a lot of fun. We'll definitely have to do this again sometime.
2: Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah. Everybody says Bench with Bubba episode 65, a little fantasy draft strategy, previewing the catcher's position. Uh, Stay tuned for next week's edition of episode 66, but until then, catch you guys later.